Hello, lovely people. My name is Shatina Hunter, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as the creator of Always Live Lovely. And you are now watching episode four of Breaking Barriers, a mental health discussion. All right, so everyone, I am very excited to be able to have my lovely guest here with me today talking about a topic that is so very important and timely right now as we live through the pandemic and as we're striving and trying to overcome all that we're facing. Today in episode four of Breaking Barriers and Mental Health Discussion, we are going to be talking about surviving surviving COVID-19, excuse me. Um, so I would love to introduce my lovely guest. Her name is Sierra Inskip. Sierra, if you would love to say a little bit about yourself for the people. Hi, everybody. My name is Sierra Inskip, as you just heard. Um, I'm just a loving mom. Um, I was working before, but right now, um, you know, due to coronavirus, I don't have a job at the time. But, you know, um, yeah, I'm just staying at home with my kids right now. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just a little bit about me right now. Yeah, and do you want to share a little bit about where you were previously um, working before the coronavirus kind of impacted? I was previously working at a retirement uh, facility. It was basically, or like a nursing home for people who are, you know, elderly who have dementia and um, uh, schizophrenia, you know, people like that. I was working at a nursing home basically. I was a receptionist slash the screener. People that was the person that took people's temperature um, whenever they came inside the building. Got it. Okay. 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 So that's lovely background um, into what the story will be that you will share with everyone today. Um, and as I stated, you know, this is a very important topic. And as y'all know, I choose topics that I'm very intentional about making sure that as things are very difficult in the community community for us to be able to talk about. Um, and I know for sure that, you know, we didn't expect to still have to be going through COVID-19 in the way that we are going through it right now. And we don't really know when we're going to get out of COVID-19 either. Um, so it's very imperative that we just kind of remind people that this is very much a real thing. I know that there are some mandates that may have changed. We constantly have to be flexible. People are getting restless, but we have to remember that lives are literally being lost daily and people are testing positive by the minute. So it's very important that we have open conversations about the reality of what actually comes with um, contracting um, COVID-19 and what it's really gonna take to be able to take care of ourselves overcome this, get better. If you do get a positive result, how to support your loved ones um, and everything in between. So I really hope that this conversation that we're about to have is going to inspire y'all and remind y'all to wear, wear y'all masks, like wear it. That, that's what we got to do, wear our masks and wash our hands and make sure that we're social distancing. Um, so Sierra, just, you know, kind of in getting into things, I would love for you to be able to just share a little bit about your story because, you know, one thing you all is that not only did Sierra um, get COVID-19, but also her partner got COVID-19 and they kind of had very different experiences in regards to like settings and different things of that nature and what it took to overcome and heal. So share whatever you feel comfortable just to kind of give the people a realistic picture of how this really can impact a person. 
Um, so I'm going to just start off from the beginning of basically how I believe I got it or not even how I believe I got it the, after I came home when I did get it. Mm -hmm. Um, it started off a normal day. I was doing screening and also doing my receptionist work. Um, and for some reason I just didn't feel good. I felt like, uh, there was like a heavy weight over me and I had a really bad headache at work. And so, you know, there was nurses around. And so I ran to a few of the nurses. I'm like, I got a headache. I don't feel so good. A lot of them told me that maybe, you know, I should just take a Tylenol and it'll go away. The Tylenols didn't work. It, I, the headache was still there. I still had this really like heavy weight sitting over me. Like it was like something was like pushing me down, but it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't really nothing there. I just felt really heavy and, you know, like something, it was just a weight. And so I kind of stayed throughout the day. I left maybe like uh, 4.30. I started at 8, 8.30. Um, my, I told a couple of people that, you know, I didn't even know I had it. I just, I didn't feel good. So I, as I was on my way home, I was calling my boyfriend, telling him like, you know, I don't feel good. I think I'm not going to come home. I was like, I think I, I'm just going to go straight to a hotel. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh no, maybe you're just hungry or maybe you just have a headache. And that's what I thought. I was like, maybe I am a little hungry because I didn't eat anything throughout the whole day. So I was like, well, maybe you're right. I came home and I immediately felt fatigued. I was just, I was tired. I couldn't get up. Um, so I sat down and I was telling them, you know, because the, the nursing facility, there were really high cases there. There were a lot of people who were there who had it. There were like 65 cases. And in the beginning, we didn't even know who actually had it and who didn't, you know, and then we didn't even have personal protective gear. We didn't have the right ones at first. We just mm -hmm. had like a few face masks. We didn't even have no shields. And since I was the one that was doing the screening, I didn't wear gloves a lot of the time. And I also didn't have like anything to protect my face, my eyes or anything. I didn't have on no type of bodysuit. Mm -hmm. I would just wear regular clothes, you know. And somebody in my office had got it. And I'm, I was literally running around thinking that I couldn't get it because I'm black. I was like, oh, it's because I'm black, I can't get it. You know, I right. thought it was a whole joke. I didn't take it seriously. Even though I've seen people dying from it, I, in my mind, still thought it was a joke. I was mm -hmm. like, it's not real. And um, so when I came home, uh, that night I went to bed and I couldn't breathe, but it wasn't as if like, it wasn't like I could, I was like gasping for air or anything. There was none of that. It just, I just felt like there wasn't like air coming in and out. I was, you know, I was like, I was gasping for air, but I wasn't at the mm -hmm. same time. Yeah. Cause my just like really stopped up. So I was like, okay, I can like, I can still take a breath, you know, and then after a while, it kind of went away. So I was like, okay, I think I have it. And then I was like, I'm, you know, the next day I went to the hospital. They told me that I tested positive for Corona. Mm -hmm. I immediately started crying because from what I've been seeing on the news and from what everybody was basically saying, like, you're going to die from it is what right. I was thinking. Like, I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to die. I got too much to live for. I got, you know, kids, I got family. I don't like this. I can't let this, you know, take this away from I can't you know it can't take me out like this I'm not I'm too I'm not ready it's too soon and so um I went to the hospital my boyfriend took me in, in my car and I kept telling him 
I'll take myself, but he, you know, he still wanted to make sure I was okay. Right. And um, he took me, we came back home a few days later, he had got sick. Mm -hmm. And at the time we didn't even, he didn't realize he had it because he stopped sleeping in the bed with me. Once I told him that I did test positive, he had stopped sleeping in the bed with me. I was in the room being isolated by myself. Um, so yeah, and then he had got it and, but he had got really, he got sicker than mm -hmm. I did. And I didn't mm -hmm. know it because he was downstairs. Like he was, he had, he had worse symptoms than I did. He, his symptoms were way worse. My symptoms weren't that bad. And I, w I actually got kind of lucky with it, but for him, it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't um, getting any better for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely like just hear you something that you pointed out in your story was just, you know, that whole thing. Because I remember in the beginning when it first came out, people were making memes and putting them on Instagram. Like, Black people can't get coronavirus. Right. Or like, exactly. we probably already had it in the beginning of the year. Like, we immune to it. And then so, like, you know, that's like a thing. And I feel like people have overcome just, like, that thought of it. But I still feel like there's quite a few people that still feel that same way. Like, I'm invincible and I can't, I can't get it. And then something that, like, you know, with you having that perspective and kind of, like, having to, like, live through that um I'm even just curious about like how like your perspective has just changed overall just in regards to how at first you were like oh I can't get it and then you actually caught it like how did that change mm -hmm. for you um for me I was terrified I I thought I thought the worst you know and, and like you said I just I like you said it was memes out there I was believing what everybody else was believing just because I'm black and you know it's, it's a conspiracy I thought you know why people did it mm -hmm. like no it's a very real thing it could really happen um it could really put you in a hospital you could really get sick from it um it it was devastating I was scared yeah yeah and I know that you said so like between you and your partner like y'all both got it and then like you know even from what I kind of know with you being isolated at home and him having worse symptoms which I do know did lead to him having to be in the hospital do you feel mm -hmm. like there is just like um a difference in the impact in your like your family unit of you were at home and you were going through this and then he's in the hospital and going through this and y'all have kids so like right. how was the experiences different do you feel and how did it just impact like you your family and your friends it definitely is when I came home it kind of spread like wildfire mm -hmm. honestly because I was I was in the room for a short period in the living room for a short period of time but after that I came upstairs I went to bed you know I was laying down and it, it definitely made like a quick impact with my family because I had started coughing up blood like everybody's symptoms are different mm -hmm. and for me I had experienced um the runny nose I, I, I it was a slight um you know breathing dif difficulties but it wasn't that bad and then um, I definitely, for him, he was experiencing fever, the chills, uh, he couldn't breathe, he had a headache. I didn't feel a lot of that to until towards the end of it, like my headache didn't come after. Mm -hmm. um, I started coughing up blood and I thought I was gonna have to go to the hospital. I made sure I stayed in contact with my doctor. Um, so the impact of that was like, it was scary because my kids was like, mom, I have a headache but they didn't really have no symptoms like that. They didn't have no like cough or anything like that. Like I was coughing a lot. 
like the cough lasted for maybe like three or four months it lasted mm-hmm. for a really long time like that cough didn't go away and that scared me and yeah. I thought that I wouldn't be able to see my family no more and I was scared um okay so yeah I was like it was it was scary um I didn't think I was gonna be able to see my family again so I immediately sent my kids to my sister's house mm-hmm. and she was like you know don't worry I'll tear the kids for you you'll be fine and not knowing that they did have the corona too because they eventually tested positive oh, okay. after she went and took them to get tested uh-huh once she took them to get tested and it came back positive I was just like bring them back home now you know I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to get everyone else around you sick mm-hmm. because my nephew came from Sacramento um he has a son and my niece was at my sister's house her daughter I didn't want none of them to get sick so and then also my other sister from San Diego was out here Mm -hmm. I was like just bring my kids home I don't want I don't want it to get you know spread around to anybody else even though they were um they're asymptomatic Mm -hmm. I still it was still I didn't want to take that risk so I was just like bring them back home that way they can quarantine with me yeah and that's like you know that's really scary like you said because I know there was also a point in time where people like kids can't get the coronavirus so it was like all these things that was going around nobody really actually knew and some people still actually believe that but knowing like it impacted your whole family in a variety of ways because like you said you had a certain set of symptoms your partner had a certain set of symptoms and then your kids are like asymptomatic and then so it's like you didn't even necessarily know that they had it and you were trying to protect them by allowing them to go to your sister's house so she could care for them but then it's like wow that automatically puts everyone else at risk and you're right this thing can spread just extremely quickly um yeah and even like you know uh when it comes to like you know trauma because I feel like it could be pretty traumatic like the experience can be pretty traumatic like you said Mm-hmm. and having like just the fear yeah um for a long time when I was in the house um after I had took my boyfriend to the hospital because he couldn't breathe uh I was scared I was at home crying because remember I took my kids to or I didn't take them my sister came and got them and so I was at home crying every day mm-hmm. I was literally driving myself crazy thinking I'm kill- I almost killed my family mm-hmm. is what I was thinking I was like my boyfriend's about to die because he's in the hospital they're about to put him on a ventilator mm-hmm. I was scared like I was we were I think I called my sister and we were just on the phone praying and crying even now it still is like it makes me get emotional just thinking about it because it was it was hard for me I didn't even have a dog in here normally uh-huh, <laughs> I have right. my pet in here with me but you know my dog I let him go too I had to take him him out of the house too because I didn't want them to experience it I didn't want nobody to see it it was hard um it was definitely traumatizing I was scared I was scared for my kids I was scared for my boyfriend I thought you know me being at home I thought something was gonna happen to me Mm -hmm. um thought something was gonna happen to him I and I didn't want my kids to be left on this earth like it was a lot of stuff that you know it was just a lot of stuff that was going on in the back of my mind but thank god you know he survived it because he took a pill I think the Rodessa smear or something Hmm, like that but yeah he eventually uh I was talking to the doctors every day making sure that he was okay checking on him and you know making sure because they were like you know we're going to put him on a ventilator we're going to turn him on his stomach um they eventually turned him on a stomach thank god he didn't have to be on a ventilator um but yeah I was definitely traumatized from it it was really scary 
Yeah. And that's hard of like, you know, caring for your general family, like your whole family, while also trying to care for like your kids, knowing that they have it and making sure they're okay. But then there's also like you and your partner. And of course, like when you're in isolation, people can't really be around you. And then he's all the way at the hospital. So nobody can be there with him. So it's like, how were you able to just juggle just that worry and that fear of like trying to be supportive? I heard you say like, you were constantly on the phone with the doctors making sure he was okay. But then you're also like probably having to be on the phone and do things to make sure you're okay. Um, mm -hmm. So how are you able to just juggle like that whole thing of having to just be in that isolation and not being able to just be more in touch and on, on top of things and maybe the way that you were hoping you could be? Like I said, there, it was hard. I was crying. Every day I was crying. I was I would wake up and be like, oh my God, like what's about to happen next? Mm -hmm. I didn't know because I didn't know what was gonna happen to me. Like I said, I was coughing the blood. He was in the hospital, my kids were gone. I felt alone. I was like driving myself crazy. I was just, I was sad, I was depressed. Um, I didn't really wanna call a whole lot of people. I, I just was just left here alone and I didn't, I didn't want to go outside. I couldn't go outside, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had to be in the house. And it was hard. It was really hard. You know, normally I'm here with my kids or my boyfriend. They're always here with me. I'm always around them. You know, I'm always making sure that they're okay. And that was hard. It was really hard for me. And I couldn't really deal with it. Like I said, I was on the phone crying to almost anybody I spoke to. Mm -hmm. I was crying to my sister. I was crying to my mom, like, you know, please pray for us. You know, I even yeah. called my job. I called my job and I told them to pray for us, you know, even though they were, they were going through things too. And I was just, it was hard. Yeah. And best believe I was over here praying for you too, because I, I'll tell y'all <laughs> even in her, in her friend circle, like it was hard to hear some of the things that she was going through and the same fears that she said she had. And with it being something that was a little more new at that time and people thinking automatically, if you get it, you're going to die. Like that was my thoughts as well, just for someone that means a lot to me and, you know, hearing about her coughing up blood and like, that was just very hard to sit with. And then, so it's also that idea of trying to just pray. Cause sometimes you feel like that's all you got. Like, yeah. that's that's all that you could really do like in that moment yeah mm -hmm. and and even like you know I heard you say which is a real thing that I think ah. we often 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 forget is that whole like you were saying the fear of like dang I almost just took out my whole family and I think that people don't think it's real until it's real and it's like that becomes an actual thing of like you know if you catch it and people that are like immunocompromised or elders or children or whoever like you know people could potentially die from it and so I can imagine mm -hmm. like you felt some type of guilt I did um, it was, how did you do with real, that it was definitely real guilt I I didn't I don't know how I was dealing with it like I said I would I would cry I would call my sisters up I would call my mom up and be like mom what am I going to do next like I didn't know what to do I honestly didn't I didn't even want to like you know how some people like post about it like that wasn't uh -huh. something to brag about to me it wasn't something to kind of like have like as a badge and be proud of like, oh right. my God, I got the corona. Like, no, to me, that was, it was really scary. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to make it. Like it was a lot of times where I would wake up and, be, and just really thank God that I was alive still. Mm -hmm. And I was that, you know, my boyfriend was still alive. You know, whenever I did call the hospital and I would check on him and they would say, oh, he's fine. He just, you know, walked around or he's, um, he went to the restroom. He just took a shower. We just checked on him. You know, I will always be like, okay, 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 that's good. You know, 
any kind of confirmation that he was okay and you know me calling my sister to check on my kids and I was okay well they're fine that's good you know she said that she whenever you know they were over there for a week before they actually got their test back mm-hmm. and she would always say oh I'm, I'm checking their temperature they're fine you know I was like okay I was just always calling to make sure that the ones that I really gotten that I, I felt I got infected I'm not, I infected them with I was making sure they were okay even though you know I was at home by myself I had to mm-hmm. make sure like they were fine you know I was right. more worried about them and so that's basically how I was dealing with it I just it was scary yeah and 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 I could just imagine just the 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 fear and like you said waking up every day and just being happy you're waking up every day and having another opportunity to hear that everybody else is waking up and pushing through another day and you know I I heard you say that your partner like took a pill that really helped him to overcome it um what other things just really helped you all to get better and overcome even for you just like feelings of guilt feelings of depression you know feelings of fear like what really helped overcome that um I would uh we would just talk to each other a lot on the phone whenever he could talk you know I I would talk to him we would always tell each other that we love each other Mm -hmm. um I told my kids that I love them every time even though they didn't want to hear it mom you're fine (laughs) um I'm like okay but I still love you you know (laughs) right no but um yeah that's how I dealt with it I even told I would tell my family you know I love y'all you know I love you guys you know just in case something happened Mm -hmm. because with that uh virus is so unpredictable you know right. so it was really scary yeah and and did you like was there any medicine or anything that like helped you or you just kind of wrote it out I wrote it out basically um I'm not suggesting that anybody should if your doctor tells you that you're fine and you know not not that not that you're fine if your doctor tells you you know if you're getting like certain symptoms go to the hospital, make sure that you can breathe, um, make sure that your fever is not too high um, because that's basically what I was doing. I kept in contact with my doctor. I was I was even <laughs> telling my doctor to pray for me and yeah. my doctor, me and my doctor was on the phone crying for a little while. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, I asked him about my boy. I was like, you think he's going to be okay? And a lot of the time the doctor didn't even know. Right. He was like, I'm not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was really an unknown thing. And then this was like in the beginning, mm-hmm. this was like when it first started. So it was, I, it was like, they didn't know a whole lot about it. And I was like, can you get it a second time? Mm-hmm. And the first time they were like, and a, another doctor I had spoke to, they were like, yeah, you can. So it was just really unsure. They didn't know. And I didn't know. And I was scared. So yeah, it was hard. I was just telling everybody I love them. Yeah. And, and definitely like, you know, it's changed so much of course since like you know the beginning stages but I still feel like that whole idea of the unknown is still very much there because we don't have like a a vaccine so it's like there's still so much that I feel like are out of a doctor's um control and they just kind of like do the best that they can do and that's hard you know because it's Mm -hmm. like you're looking to the doctor to be the one with all the answers but what happens when something hits America and the doctors the world actually and the doctors don't even have the answers like exactly exactly what do you even do with that and 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 even like since it's been a while since y'all have had it like what has your health even been like afterwards has there been like any health complications still um health wise 
No, not really. I haven't really experienced anything after. I mean, like I said, that cough lasts for a long time. That cough mm-hmm. was there for a long time. Um, I think that anxiety, you get really bad anxiety. You uh, feel like you're going to catch it, catch it again. Mm-hmm. And you also feel like if you catch it again, is it going to be worse? Right. You know, um, am I going to die from it the next time? Um, is my body strong enough to fight it off mm-hmm. again? Um, has it uh, mutated to where it can kill you? Um, you know, so that anxiety really sets in. And then you also feel like you don't want to go outside. Like after my doctor kind of gave me the clear to go outside and told me it was okay, I did not want to go outside. I was right. scared. I was like, I don't want to get nobody else sick. I don't want to, I don't want nobody to get, um, I don't want them to get me sick again. Like that's probably, it's like a mental thing. It, that's right. probably the only thing I can honestly say that you get after having it is that mm-hmm. your mentality is not the same. Yeah. So like a more heightened increase in just anxiety and probably even being hypervigilant because, you know, I know sometimes I could be in a store and somebody's coughing or somebody's like, you know, a lot of people don't wear their yeah. mask correctly. For some reason, people are still wearing it under their nose. Like it's so many different things to where it's just like, oh my gosh, like I need to move or I got to get out of here. Or, and I can only imagine that that's mm-hmm. 10 times worse if you've already had it. Cause you most definitely do not want to contract it again, I'm sure. And you know, the, 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 the news does say like, but we, again, we don't really know, but the news does say things like, oh, if you've had it, then there's a possibility of like immunity, but then it's like immunity for how long they don't necessarily know. And you're right. Like say right. there is some faultiness in that, you know, has it really built up your immune system to where it could fight it and be fine? Or like you said, just that concern of like, okay, what if your immune system isn't that strong and it's 10 times harder this time? Because people have like got it more than once. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've seen it on the news. I think my doctor told me, no, you can't catch it again. And then like a few weeks later, somebody had a, a, sec- a second time. Right. And I was just like, oh, no, you can't catch it again. And that was enough for me to be like, I'm not, whenever I do go to the store, it's in and out. I know what I'm grabbing. Mm-hmm. There is no, oh, I want to look around and touch things. You know, I don't do that no more. You know, I just kind of grab what I need and go. Right, right, right. So having a plan and making sure that it's clear. And, you know, even with the anxiety that you do experience, have you found anything to be like helpful to kind of decrease it when you're experiencing it in the moment? Um, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. I still get it. That's it's, I think it's gonna whenever this thing is over with hopefully it will be that you know maybe that fear will go away but it's still there it's yeah. still there yeah yeah and that's real like you know sometimes we especially with this still just being something that's changes every single day and you know new fears mm-hmm. can come every single day it's hard sometimes to feel like it can decrease you know, because it's everywhere. Like everyone's talking about it. Um, There's always something in the news. They always got the numbers in our face so that we know just how many people have caught it by the day, how many people have caught it by the state and how many people are dying. So it can feel like just an ongoing cycle of never ending anxiety and feeling like, you know, nothing can really work (laughs) to like decrease it until it goes away. Um, And like, do you, do you looking back, like, do you wish that there was something that would have happened differently or, you know, even with preparing and moving forward, you know, have you been able to reflect on things to just do differently now? Um, 
the things that I, I wish I would have just stayed a lot further because at the time, like I said, it I didn't take it serious. That is wish. That is one thing I wish I could have did was took it more seriously. And I also wish that I would have stayed away from the people, the people that were sick mm-hmm. um, or even just people that I worked with. Cause I was still, you know, kind of hanging on people's shoulder, like, Hey girl, right. you know, <laughs> I didn't know that just by doing that, you know, I could get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like an infection area that we kept at the office. Uh, one of my coworkers went back there and um, if I would have probably just like cleaned his area more, like he had uh-huh. his office. I think I had to go back there a few times towards his desk and he, cause he had got sick before I did and he stopped coming to work and I would go by his desk. I wish I would have took it more seriously, wore gloves or, um, you know, put some sanitary napkins down and wipe the area mm-hmm. first where I just started touching stuff without no gloves on or cleaning the area. That is one thing I wish I would have did. You know, I wish I would have been a lot smarter mm-hmm. um, with this virus because I took it as a joke. I thought it was, I thought it was a joke. I, even though I was seeing people pass away, I was like, oh, it's not going to get me because I'm young and black. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not, I was like, it, it won't affect me, but it yeah. did. It literally got my my immediate family sick yeah and I definitely hear you just in that idea and it's important to know like it it's listen corona miss rona she's not picking and choosing she is latching on to whoever she want to latch on to so any type of ideas that people have of oh I'm not gonna get it oh I'm gonna be fine don't nobody I know got it it's still not real like you can still very much get it and then you'll be sitting there shook because it's like well dang I didn't even yeah. know this was this was about to happen this was a possibility yeah it does not discriminate on age gender ethnicity it does not it does not care mm-hmm. if you're black because that's what I kept saying I was like oh, I'm young and black and it's not gonna because it because at first it was like it doesn't affect the young people and since mm-hmm. I'm like in my 30s I was like oh you know I won't get that sick right but when I seen you know my boyfriend get really sick mm-hmm. I was terrified I was yeah. scared so yeah. it can and it will, you know, it, it, it'll have you, uh, it'll affect you a lot in many yeah. ways. It might not affect you. It'll affect somebody else in your family. Right. And it might, because they were saying, you know, some kids can pass away from it. And that was my whole thing. I was terrified for them. I was like, okay, if it's going to take somebody out, take me out. Don't take my kids. Mm-hmm. Don't take my it, like, like you said, it was really guilt. I felt really bad. Yeah. I knew I kind of just. I just feel bad. Yeah. And and that's important too, what you brought up. Like, even if you, like, even if one person gets it and say, like you said, since the symptoms are different, like it could still, if you give it to someone else, it could impact them 10 times worse. Like we just don't necessarily know. We can't necessarily think like, well, I'm fine. So everybody else will be fine if they get it too. Like, that's not true either. And then it's that, that guilt, like you said, that that's there and you wanting to, for everyone to be okay. Nobody wants to get anybody else sick, especially not with this. And some of it is like out of our hands because a lot of the times what I'm even noticing is like the, I think it's the incubation period. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can have it and didn't even know 
that you had it and then you done been here there then said hi to this person maybe gave a hug to this person been to this person's house and then eight days later you find out like dang I got the coronavirus and you wasn't intentionally right. trying to give it to nobody but you didn't even 100% own it you had it so there's just right. so many loopholes that I feel like it can happen just so quick and flip your life upside down and round and round like just so easily and you know I heard you say like you know you're not working right now it was just like the overarching theme of like how the pandemic has impacted people and like how with how your life has changed thus far with just living through the pandemic itself even outside of catching um COVID just living through the pandemic itself um how are you just managing that um like I said I just take care of my family just kind of staying away from people um we do kind of get together a little not a lot we don't get together as often mm-hmm. um, I think I'll go to my sister's house or something like that but we always call to make sure like nobody's coughing or anybody has like some type of fever we always check on each other first before or we just kind of pop up on each other right um you know because it, it can start off as a headache it can start off um like I said for me it was just a headache I just had it was a really bad headache um, it could start off as a fever, just like my boyfriend. He just, it was a really bad fever for him. He just kept saying, oh, I just got the chills. You know, I'm just a little cold. So it, you know, it can affect people differently. But I, we always try to make sure that everybody's okay in my family. Um, but as far wise as work goes, um, I think that I'm just going to stay home and take care of my kids for now mm-hmm. until this whole thing is over with. hmm yeah I guess until they can find like a cure or something (laughs) I really don't know I just want to make sure they're fine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that makes sense and that makes sense of a priority too because you know social distance learning there's so much that's going on with that and there have been parents that have had to step away from certain responsibilities because they need to make sure that their kids are good too so there's been like there's just so many different layers (laughs) to how this pandemic has just impacted people's lives and people just having to mm-hmm. go with the flow and basically like lose a sense of control maybe in a lot of areas where people did feel like they had control and you know we've talked a lot about um just precautions for people to take and I know even when it comes to just a couple of things for caring for mental health like you talked about anxiety and I know like basically some things that could be helpful is like focusing on the now so instead of like you know being too worried or concerned about what's going to happen in the future or all the what is us really bringing our attentions back to the now and what we can control because there's so much that we cannot Mm -hmm. control about this so being able to do your portion of what you can control um and focusing on the accurate information not just getting stuck in the loop of like looking at all these different media outlets um is something that's really important and knowing that people can test like if you need to test and you feel like let me just you know see if I'm okay because you know people are shoot I'm hesitant I have not got a coronavirus test yet there was so much fear about it and I know it's changed a little bit they don't gotta stick it up there till you feel like they dig it in your brains but like I'm super scared of like taking it but it's also just the idea of people need to be okay with getting a test and not letting that be the barrier because that can really save a life that can save your life and and so even when it comes to like people boosting their immunity system, I don't know if you've done anything different um, to like boost your immunity system a little bit more. Do you feel like you have? Yeah. Now I go out and I buy a whole bunch of vitamin pills. I got like, and I always buy orange juice in the morning. I think um, now we have sea moss in the house, uh-huh. to get mucus and stuff. Like now we're like, kind of like health freaks a little. Uh-huh. 
always make sure I'm like, here, you know, take this vitamin, you know, gummy real quick, you know, in the morning and I'll, and I'll be like, you know, drink some orange juice. Um, and then I also had got like a juicer. I'm like, you know, let's start eating and drinking healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I should have been doing that, you know, but now it seems like it, it's more needed than before because you need your immune system to be a lot stronger. Right. And so, right. You know, yeah. So like taking those supplements, eating well, like, you know, knowing our mind and our body is connected and kind of like make sure we're getting adequate rest, um, going to the doctors if we need to, not hesitating and thinking like, oh, okay, I just got a little cold. Like I said, if we need to test, then we need to test. And the biggest yeah. thing, which is like a huge pet peeve of mine right now is like wearing our mask correctly. Like, I don't know why people either get masks that's too small. If you know your mask too small for your face, why? why are you doing this to yourself? I'm like, just right. get something that's going to cover this whole region because mm-hmm. it can get in your nose. Like, I think at a point in time, I thought it could get in your eyes. Like, I don't really know, but like it can get in all the openings. Like, mm-hmm. that's so true. I, exactly. Because like I said, when I was at work, um, I didn't really have the personal protective gear. I didn't have like gloves or anything like that, but they did have like the AC on. So mm-hmm. it could have came from a number of places. Um, it probably wasn't necessarily just my co-worker that you know I, I touched his desk or whatever because they were saying that it could live on the surface for like 24 hours right. mm-hmm. but you know it could be anything mm-hmm. like I, I kind of believe I got it from it being you know going into my eyes from the AC because I didn't have like a, a face shield on you know I didn't have I didn't have anything on right <laughs> I walked right. in the building barefaced. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a mask on you know so it could have been from a number of things, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't know how this thing can affect you. And, you know, I probably scratched my arm or something and it probably got into my skin. Who knows? Right. You know, this thing is so unknown. It's really right. scary. Right. You're right. So like taking care, taking care and making sure that people are just protecting themselves and protecting their loved ones. And, you know, knowing it's okay to set boundaries. Like, it's okay to miss out on an event, miss out on a gathering. It's okay to tell someone like, no, I'm not hanging out right now. I'm social distancing, making Zoom a thing. Like, boundaries are definitely an okay thing to set and kind of like, you know, trying to also create a sense of structure because since the pandemic has, you know, just flipped people's lives upside down, a lot of anxiety, like I said, comes from that idea of not being able to have a sense of control or that lack of structure, even for the kids. So trying to implement things within your day that kind of reminds you of what things were like when things were normal um, can be something that's really helpful and less anxiety provoking. Um, And then like making sure people are doing self-care, like do some things you like, like, you know, journal so that you have some space to express your emotions and your fears. See a therapist. If you need to see a therapist, Mm -hmm. like that's okay. And reminding ourselves of like our abilities to overcome, like, so that self-talk, I know we can feel like super doomed, (laughs) but also Mm -hmm. trying to remember, like we do have the ability to overcome and we're all doing the very best that we absolutely can. Um, So it's kind of like, that's just like some things I really want to point out and things that like you had mentioned that I wanted to just reiterate on because, you know, people are looking every day of like, how am I going to just continue to overcome this? And, you know, a lot of people even have a fear of like, they may have started to do things or like right now you're probably spending 
a lot of time with your kids because you haven't been working and I'm pretty sure that's something you enjoy. And some people have fear of the things that they're able to do now that once we have to go back to the normal and be on that hustle and bustle that America thinks we need to do, like it's gonna take all that away. People's ability to connect with their families more, people's ability to have self-care and take care of their health, people's ability to probably get enough sleep. Like, do you feel like you have any of those fears or concerns? Um, yeah, now I'm like my daughter's best friend. I mean, we were always <laughs> close, but she tells me all the time, like, mom, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Oh. And I'm just like, well, now I have to be because we're in the house together. Yeah. You know, I have to help study with you and, you know, learn the things, relearn the things that you've learned in like fifth grade and stuff like that. And then like, you know, I just have to do everything like that, you know, just make sure they're okay. You know, I have mm-hmm. to do all that stuff. Um, I'm their teacher and their mom and their best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just stuff like that. But like you said, definitely go see a therapist, you know, especially if you feel like, you know, if this uh, being in a house thing is not for you, um, talk to somebody. Don't just like sit in the house and let it kind of like fester in your mind, you right. know, go talk to somebody. If you feel like you need to get it off your chest and then, and if this is making you worry, talk to somebody don't let it stress you out you know because I know that some people were like suicidal from this and Mm -hmm. it's like you know you got to be strong you know you got to have a strong will you got to have something to fight for you got to have something to live for and so definitely just go talk to anybody you know it doesn't if they don't listen (laughs) just talk (laughs) just get it off your chest you know but yeah definitely do all those things like you said yeah Yeah, I 100% agree. And I know, like, there's another huge thing that I really wanted to, like, point out, too, because I know there's a lot of stigma, especially with people of color, especially with Black people when it comes to just our relationship with medical professionals. Um, And that's just due to a lot of different ways that our ancestors were treated very poorly, being lied about with certain tests being done on them and it killing a bunch of people. And so I know, like, with this whole thought of the vaccine coming, it's like, Mm -hmm. some people are like, yes, but then some people are like, nah, I ain't taking that vaccine. we don't know what that vaccine gonna do even myself I'm like okay so a group of y'all can take it I'm gonna see how it impact y'all and then if it look like it's cool then I'll take it like Mm -hmm. what do you feel just like your thoughts are around that and like how this whole vaccine thing is going to work and if people are having fears about if they are going to take it or if they're not even going to do it just because of that stigma that comes with it from the history um so with that I I'm kind of on both sides of the fence mm-hmm. only because I'm like okay I just want to see how it goes for the first few of people for the first set of people that's going to take it you know right. if, it, if it works for them then I'll take it but if it doesn't work somewhere down the line if like one person or two or three people like um oh, no I still got the corona then you know I'll, I'll wait until it actually there's actually a vaccine for it for right now mm, I'm not sure you know, I understand that they're saying that it works mm-hmm. and it, you know, and it probably does, you know, I just outweigh, <laughs> like yeah. you said, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's kind of hard still. Yeah. So it sounds like making that personal, that personal choice and hopefully people can build some trusting relationships with their doctors. I know that's such, that's a whole nother video. Like that's a whole nother video talking about stigma and people not trusting the medical system. That Um, is a whole nother video. Yes. Yes. A whole nother deep conversation. Um, But I definitely agree and feel Mm -hmm. you just in regards to like, 
it's going to be like a personal choice and trying to see like, you know, how it impacts people. And, you know, it gives some level of hope that maybe it could be something that's really great. But again, this whole thing has been like, we don't know until things actually come and they actually happen. And it's kind of like just that personal choice of what you're ready to do in regards to making sure that we can continue to survive this because outside of that vaccine, the way that America ain't been on one accord like we one of the countries that has not been on one accord ain't no telling when coronavirus will go away it's just shoot miss rona then she done bought a house here she done she done brought all her little friends in there (laughs) she's right like she ain't trying to go nowhere (laughs) so Uh i'm just like Uh uh it's just it's 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 a lot and you know i really just like appreciate you for being willing to be open to just like share your stories and I don't know if you have any particular questions like you know for me at the moment um no not right now not at the moment I mean I just want to say that it's not a conspiracy it's very real <laughs> like I, I'm a real person I know a lot of people um uh you know there are conspiracy theorists that like to say stuff like oh uh she's not a, a real person you know mm-hmm. she really affect her and it, it yeah, I, I'm a real person mm-hmm. I actually get sick my boyfriend actually almost passed away from this mm-hmm. my kids were sick um I had my whole family terrified scared praying not just my family Shatina my mm-hmm. family friend like that I've known forever I've had you know everybody afraid that something was going to happen not to just me but my kids my boyfriend just everybody you know this is a very real thing take it very seriously it's not something to joke about um I know that you know it doesn't seem very real to us to especially to black people sometimes we don't take things seriously we all we also sometimes we we see that if it affects one person then it won't really affect another person or Mm -hmm. you know that's not true it can affect anybody like it can get to anybody does not care so just definitely take it seriously I don't, you know, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, definitely sending love and light and energy um, to just, you know, people that have lost loved ones, you know, during this time, because I know this time may be even more, you know, hard, like, you know, holidays are happening and uh, the new year is approaching and no one expected this year to be what it has been. Um, And just giving Uh love and light to, to the spirits that are flying high um with the people that have not been able to survive this and trying to just make sure that we continue to hold out hope and knowing that the decisions we're making daily um in regards to how serious we're taking this on a personal level is actually impacting everyone else around you it's impacting just the greater society every time that you do something within your house and every time you step outside of your house so like sierra was saying like you know take it seriously like we're real people like you know these things really are happening they're really changing people's lives and it can definitely impact and change your life it probably already has like in regards to us having to be over zoom like we all got to wear a mask like we're all impacted on some level nobody even the people that don't want to believe it even the people that don't want to wear the mask you're still very much impacted by this because of all the things that's happening at a societal level so there's really no way to kind of get away from it or around it so it's kind of like just encouraging to do what you can do to survive I know people have free choice and to where they're just like this is my freedom and I can do whatever I want to do which is a hundred percent true um and the only thing I can say is just Mm -hmm. consider the other people in your life too and even if you don't feel like you want to do it for you maybe consider doing it for them or trying to not see it as a restriction or someone trying to like 
hold you back or hold you down or make you do something that you don't necessarily want to do, but trying to think for just the greater good, because everyone is not going to continue to survive this. You know, that's just, that's a fact. Like all of us are not going to make it into the new year. And that's even a fear that I have, even as a therapist, I got all the skills, I got all the tools, but all the time, I'm just grateful that I, 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 I've lost some family members. I also have had some family members that have contracted it outside of like friends. I have friends that have contracted it. And it's just like, you know, my thought has been like, you know, I'm happy to still have a lot of people here, especially my immediate family. Everyone's still alive. Everyone's still well. Um, and I'm praying that we're continuing to do that. I'm praying that people I know just don't, um, get it again, that nobody else can get it. But it's also that real thing of like, any of us could get it and any of us could not make it into the new year. And so I'm always just like, I just want us to make it to the other side because that's the reality of everything. I just want us to make it to the other side and be able to overcome this. So like I said, I appreciate you so, so much for being willing to share your story, being willing to be open, like, you know, being willing to just, you know, encourage people to get support and help that they need and just talking about the real Doe Holyfield of how this really impacted you. And I don't know if you have like an email or a way that you would like people if they have questions or if somebody actually wanted to just like reach out to you and all positive energy y'all. But if you have any questions for her in regards to like how to overcome it or ways to just, you know, seek some support or something, do you have an email you would like to share with people? I'll just give people my Facebook. Um, yeah. um, my Facebook is CC Sierra Facebook, you know, um, I, that's like the only thing that I'll be on is just Facebook. Cause I like to like write, read and talk to my family on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if y'all have any questions, it's not like she's, she's open to that. And also, you know, this mm-hmm. is episode four of breaking barriers. And it's something that I'm very passionate about something I'm doing because we need to be able to talk like everybody don't have access to go into a therapist, which I know I see it happen every single day. Everybody doesn't have access to talk about things. Everybody is a, like, you know, doesn't, there's a lot of people that feel too afraid to even open their mouth and share their stories and want to overcome and heal. So I'm hoping that this can be an inspiration for people. Like I did four episodes. First episode was on suicide. Second episode was on section eight. Um, the episode that I had for um, number three was on black hair. And now we're talking about surviving COVID-19. Um, and, you know, I, I run Always Live Lovely. So if anybody has questions and ways to get in contact with me, my website is www.alwayslivelovely.com. You can email me at connect at alwayslivelovely.com. And then all my social media handles for YouTube, Instagram, Facebook is at always live lovely. So be a part of the community, like get tapped in, be a barrier breaker, have these conversations. Let this inspire you to talk to a friend, talk to a family member, like really build your support system. um, If you're not ready to go to a therapist, like that's okay. Like I get it. I get it. So definitely Mm -hmm. like just, just talk to somebody. Um, And like I said, we're here, like, you know, send questions, tap in, watch some of the previous episodes and be looking forward to um, the upcoming episodes because I do an episode every single month. So again, thank you so much, Sierra. You're welcome. I'm happy that this is something that you have survived and we're going to continue to push through and survive. Right. 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 Bye everyone. Bye.